Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Maddie D and myself are previewing the ACC as a part of our college football previews. We go through all the teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference. We cover Notre Dame and the rest of the group of five as well at the very end of the show. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think in the comments. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more of our football previews. Things are starting to heat up. We're doing the SEC and Big Ten this weekend or possibly Monday, so keep an eye out for that. The bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thunderblock Sports, just like the website, is what you need to search there. But enjoy this episode, guys. It was a lot of fun to record. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Joining me, as always, is the resident expert, the traveler of the ACC, the conference with which we will be talking today, the one, the only, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? Nice big thunderstorm roll through, but other than that, we're doing pretty well. Doing pretty well, dude, and football is coming like a thunderstorm. We're like only a couple days away. I think I we're, are we within a week, by the way? We're technically in week zero. There are games this weekend, which we'll talk about because yeah. there's a couple ACC teams in action. Right. But we are basically a week away from the, the kickoff. Yeah. It's next Thursday. So it's like, it's go time right now. And, uh, dude, we you know, we broke down the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 last week, last couple weeks for you. And the ACC probably has, which we'll talk about shortly, probably has more more national title implications than either of those two conferences. So, I mean, it's it's coming at us like a freight train, man. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a ton of fun. Like you mentioned, it's a it has a lot of implications, mainly by the defending national champs, Clemson, who we're going to talk about, I'm sure, in length. Because, well, it's a big conference. Clemson is the keystone to, I think, a lot of college football's landscape because – We'll get to it, but I think it, but they're, the road runs through Clemson, South Carolina, even though this, the college football playoff doesn't go there. And I think they're just a pivotal part. I don't want to blow anything right now. We're two minutes into the show. But it's going to be really fun to watch. And they start things off. The ACC, the, the best thing that they do, and now other conferences have started to do this, but the ACC lets their conference or lets their members, their conference members, schedule their out-of-conference play all throughout the season. So they also have conference play throughout the season. Clemson's playing Georgia Tech week one. We have Florida-Miami. I know that's not in ACC play, but it's in Florida play, so you get that kind of stuff. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch of how this all evolves because it's going to be a very interesting and a lot of a very interesting conference to keep an eye out on, a lot of bowl implications, not even just college football playoff. And I think a lot up in the air. We talked about this a little bit with the Pac-12 South last, or two weeks ago. And I think this conference, aside from Clemson, 
there's a lot up in the air with it of how any of these teams could fall in the order. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, only two ranked teams in the mm-hmm. top 25 out of this conference, um, which is a little tough to look at when you're talking about a, a, pro, a, a conference that's as big as the ACC. We obviously know they have some excellent basketball teams. and mm-hmm. But, I mean, you mentioned it. Clemson is the, is the preseason number one in the AP poll. It got almost all of the votes. I think it got like only like 10 votes went to Alabama mm-hmm. in the coaches and the AP. Um, you know, they have some teams that are close. Miami received a good amount of votes. Virginia, which we'll talk about, received some votes. Um, South uh, – who else? Who else? Um, Pitt. A lot of people are liking Pitt. Pitt didn't get any of the votes. I mean, no. So it's just, it's just interesting to see what they're going to do early. Um, you know, because they just don't have as much talent top to bottom. But they've got some super intriguing teams and some teams that could – really make some noise, I think, and, and maybe surprise some people in, in a great way. Yeah, I think so, So too. I'm uh, – yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and let's jump right into the Atlantic division of the ACC. We'll mm. start with Clemson, who return undefeated from last year, national champions. Matt, it's the Trevor Lawrence show, and then there's everyone else in the ACC. Am I wrong to say that? No, I mean, this guy is 6'6". Um, he honestly doesn't have, at this point, uh, from what they've seen, he might be – he's considered the best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning, and he's more athletic and 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 more – and faster. I, mean, I don't even know what to say. He's that good of a, of a prospect as a true freshman last year, mm-hmm. unseating a, a, a junior in Kelly Bryant who had won cha- a champion – you know, not won a championship, but had been very, very good there and um, – it was mind-boggling, and he just came in and tore it up. He just does a lot of things right, and he's a true sophomore, which means he has at least two more years in college football to see what he can do. And he's bringing back like as many as many weapons as one can find in college football. He is. Teams are already starting, aka the Miami Dolphins in the NFL, to line up to take this guy number one overall in two years. That's how good of a prospect he is. Yeah, and he is. You mentioned it. He's all over the place. He's only a true sophomore, so he cannot go out this year. That's why you're saying in two years. Uh, For those that don't know, you have to go three years or be of that age to leave the NFL. And I don't know if their defense is going to be as good as it was last year, but it's still going to be world class. Oh, they lose a lot, and you're correct. Like they lose a lot on the defensive line. Um, all four starters were drafted, including two in the first. Uh, no, excuse me, three in the first round. I believe Austin Bryant went in the third round. Um, that being said, they they are bringing back some guys though that are that are quite talented defensively. Um, and I mean, we can we can jump in early, but linebacker Isaiah Simmons is going to be. He's a he's an All American. He's an All American. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. They actually have a very good secondary. Um, uh, big, tall, physical guys, and ex- watch for Xavier Thomas, a blue chip prospect, who's going to step in as a defensive end and take over for Farrell and Lawrence and um, and Wilkins and others on that defensive end. So mm-hmm. their defense may not have the same name power as it did last year, but they certainly have the talent um, led by Simmons in the middle, who's going to lead a league in tackles again and kind of do whatever is needed. Um, he's going to be a stud. Yeah, I feel so, like I feel like it's pretty terrifying. Yeah, you, you kind of hit the name on the head. They're not name brand right now, but I feel like 
by January they will be. Whether it's Jordan Williams, Niles Pickney, blue chip freshman Tyler Davis, I think they're gonna. These guys are gonna really start to emerge for that college football junkie that they want to model the dream team, the dream All America team, or however you build it, or. For us degenerates that play dynasty football, guys that you may want to steal, and granted we don't play with independent defensive players yet. Hint, hint, Alan. Um, sorry, I had to say it. Had to say it. Um, I think, though, this okay. team, this defense is going to be, especially you mentioned it, their front seven I think is going to be very solid. Their secondary is going to be good. Um, I think that the front seven, yeah. I think in this division, because we'll get to a couple of, these, couple of the backfields that some of the teams in the Atlantic sport – I think the front seven's the more important part to bring in because I don't know if I don't know if they're going to get picked apart by wide receivers. Quarterbacks might be able to to move a little bit because it is college, a little more spread out. But that front seven just shows so much more of the the pivotal piece that they can play. It may not be the greatest rush attack, but it's certainly going to be a huge stopper. All right, and I think that's I think that's a good point you make too. The about the other backfields in the ACC, which we'll talk about, and and this is a great spot for them to kind of um, to, to their defense to be able to grow, especially early on too, um, and, and kind of grow into their positions. But the talent is undeniably there. Um, and, but but you know, defense is, is okay. But everyone wants to talk about offense these days. We already talked about the guy under center, but they've got a couple other guys on offense who look. Next level. And, and I will, before I let you talk about anybody on the offensive side, Hunter Renfro has graduated mm-hmm. after 17 years at Clemson in, as their slot receiver. He has moved <laughs> on to the pros. So they do lose their security blanket and probably future pass catcher of Tom Brady, if I had to guess, although he is in the Raiders currently. Yes. Um, but they have some serious talent around Trevor Lawrence, probably talent that the only other team equal to their talent on the on the skill positions is probably their, their now arch rival Alabama. Yes. Um, but they've got some absolute guys offensively. Yeah. And, and you mentioned it, that they still have some serious talent offensively. The big name coming back is Justin Ross, who had 12 catches over 300 yards, three touchdowns in just the two college football playoff games. Didn't have the greatest regular season, but he really found himself there and now becomes one of, if not the best targets with one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. And he may not be the the greatest wide receiver, or the greatest wide, I, let me rephrase that. He may not be the, the best wide receiver in college football, but I think this tandem may be the best tandem in college football. With T, well, with T. Higgins, so T. Higgins fits the mold of a lot of Clemson wide receivers we've mm-hmm. seen come, come out. I'm talking of you think of Sammy Watkins, you think of of, of Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you think of Mike Williams who plays for the Chargers. They've been able to produce. And there's, I'm missing somebody else there, but they've been able to produce a lot of really good guys. Higgins is six four two oh five. He's he can fly down the field. He's going to be a first round pick. Ross is going to be a first round pick. I mean, there's just so much talent offensively. It's scary good. The only team I would put up against them wide receiver wise would be at the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yes. We'll talk about them, but with Jerry, Judy, and Waddle, and, and a number of other guys, uh, Henry Ruggs III, but, but this, these two guys are, are pretty much surefire first-rounders at this point coming out. Yeah, absolutely. And pretty good running they, back they also have, as well. <laughs> well, they also they have, they might have the 
one of the best backs in all of college football in Travis Etienne. Yeah. 1,600 yards last year, 24 scores on only 204 carries. Um, only. He's a kind of a true one-cut back. So he makes one cut and goes, and he can explode. He's a home run hitter. Um, but they also have some other guys there. But he's their prime guy. This is a guy who could easily be taken in the first round in this upcoming draft as well. He's that good. He might be, you're absolutely right, he might be one of the best backs, and we'll talk about a few of them, maybe not today, next week, or later this week, depending on when we record it, but Clemson, let's, let me ask you this, odds they run the table, that they don't screw up, and they return to the college football playoff, 99%, uh, that's percentage, but give me a grade, Matt, Give give me some sort of number here. Well, here's what I would tell you. There is there, there's two games to circle. You're, you're uh, to me, you're going to find out probably really early what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. So you talk about they play Georgia Tech week week one on August 29th. That that's a whatever game to me. The two games that make me nervous are the next two on their schedule. They host a Texas A&M team that almost beat them. By the way, the only yes. team that got close last year. Yes. They host them week two. Now I know it's at home, but again. It's early in the season. And, and these things happen. Here's the thing. Yes. And they go to Syracuse, the only other ranked team in the ACC the week after. So they have to get up early for two games, which I think could be potentially really difficult. Um, I can tell you they can – here's the thing. They can lose one of those two games and still make the college football playoff. You think so? You think they could make it in as a two-loss game? Yes. First ever. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. They can they can lose one of those. Oh, okay. my pod. They can lose one of those two games okay. and still make it. Excuse me. I think they went out though. I would put. I would say, but I would only say it's a ninety percent chance because of the Boston College game, because of the Syracuse game. Excuse be in Syracuse, even though it's not a great. I don't, I don't consider the Carrier Dome one of the best home crowds, but Texas A and M is going to be a tough play. Kalamon coming back. We'll talk about them with the SEC. Uh, but Syracuse, uh, those are just two tough games. After that, their schedule kind of eases up. They've got Florida State, who might have a resurgence at home later in the year. I mean, I guess they end the year at South Carolina, which could be a trap game if they, after an open op- a bye week. But that's, to me, really it. Yeah, that was the only game I was going to ask you about. Maybe NC State, but I, I don't know if NC State's still there like the, the, like we uh... – you know, had thought they were a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, I don't ago. think so either. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, I like the 90% lost, number. I feel lost, like they run the They lost Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, but once again, I think you just got to, if you're tuning in, if you want to see them have to play teams, you got to tune in one of those first two weeks. I'm sure both those games will be on something big, a big yeah. network somewhere. Syracuse is currently the ABC game. I don't think they flex yet, so that's game day. That's going to be the Saturday night special. Uh, that's going to be a ton of fun to watch. I certainly enjoy watching those games. I love. I made a lot of money on Syracuse last year, so we'll see what the line is for that. But let's go to the Orange. They are the only other team ranked, as you mentioned in the in the preseason poll, number twenty two in the nation. Greg, or Greg went there. Matt, talk to me about this school. Well, this is this is a team that people are expecting big things out of mm-hmm. you know they've had some really good years um to me they're probably the best chance yeah i said i'm not sure uh well first of all 
Tommy DeVito, their quarterback, is going to have to have the game of his life if they're going to beat Clemson and have any shot at even getting to the ACC championship game. But beyond that, uh, I'm a little nervous about them maybe taking a half step back this year and, and some of the more, quote-unquote, blue blood programs take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, that concerns me a little bit, I would tell you. Okay. Um, but they do have an excellent guy. They do have an ex- if they're if they're going to have any chance against Sarah, against Clemson and other teams, they've got an excellent Alton Robinson is an edge rusher. There's last year 17 uh, tackles for loss, 10 sacks, three forced fumbles. He's big, he's strong, he's physical. Um, he's a guy that's going to have to win for them on some of these big games and cause some plays for Syracuse to win. I'm not sure you can just say that Syracuse is the second best team in the division in this case, uh, or even the conference. Um, and I'm glad they got ranked because I think they deserve it, but it's going to be an uphill road for me in terms of what I think they're going to be able to do. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they there's certainly a lot of question marks surrounding them. They have a good good quarterback, as you mentioned. They have a good they have a good receiver core. I think they could I think they could try to keep up in a shootout. I don't think that's the way they win. I think a grind out defensive battle that they that they ultimately just survive, I think, is the way they win. Obviously, two years ago in the Carrier Dome, Syracuse won, upsetting Clemson. Uh, so if they can figure out something to that same regard where they got out early and they just kept they kept up the pace to hold up that Clemson team, um, maybe that's a way that they can do it. That was also a Friday night game, if I'm remembering correctly. So they, there was a little bit of a a little bit of a uh, you know off kilter there. This is going to be a Saturday night game. Defense, though, is probably my biggest question mark for them because I don't know, I don't know if they can keep that up. I know that they're good at keeping games close, but I don't know if against a Clemson, against a couple of these other teams, especially across the conference or uh, you know in the other divisions, I just don't know if Syracuse has the defensive ability to slow teams down. They do have to face, they do have to face teams like Florida State. Obviously, that's in division, but. I don't know. I, I just don't know if they can hold it up. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I would say this. It, it, after Clemson, it's really tight. I think we'll talk about some of these guys, but you've got Syracuse, Florida State, um, Boston College, even NC State, like you mentioned, could be good. I think a really good year for Syracuse is 9-3. and three. I think they shouldn't be disappointed with an 8-4 and four year as they break some new guys in. I would agree. And yeah. they – yeah, uh, yeah. So to me, that's kind of where I feel like they they fit in um, a second to fourth place finish. They should make a bowl game. They should be competitive in pretty much every game they play, though. That much I will certainly tell you. Um, the way I look at it, at least when when we talk about these teams. Yeah. So, but again, there's a lot that is going to have to go right for them. That may be difficult. Um, you know, they actually they do play play Maryland week two which, at Maryland, and Maryland is. A, a, a more sturdy opponent than you would imagine. Mm-hmm. And we talked about they go right to Clemson. Um, they, but they have some te- games that they can also win. So uh, I think eight and four to me is, is a pretty good moment for them. But they need to beat Maryland, knowing that they're going to they're going to have to battle against Clemson um, the next week, and maybe get them get a little juice going for them when they walk into that to that arena, if you will. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. That has, the Maryland game has trap trap all over it. Uh, so. Watch out right. there at both Florida State and NC State. That's tough there. At Louisville at the end of the season could be tough. Louisville could surprise a couple people. At Duke, Duke could make a little bit of noise. I don't know, but it's going to be a ton. 
because uh, they're probably going to be in the middle of the coastal, not to jump too far, but um, yeah, they're uh, <laughs> Syracuse could find themselves in a couple games where you're wondering what's going on, um, where we might see a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde out of them, but I think point. you're right. I like on, that Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on like the. I, I'd like to see nine and three, eight and four could be a uh, could be a good number for them. Uh, let's keep it moving, Matt. Who do you have next in this interesting division? So I think I I told you that I, I think Syracuse might take a step back, and I'm going to stick with that. I actually think that Syracuse finishes third. Okay. And I think Florida State and William Haggard take over that next spot. Okay. In the split and second, and I think they and I also think they give Clemson more of a run for their money. They could not have hit more rock bottom last year, and I just feel like they've. This is a team with plenty of talent on it so this is still they still have recruits um you know from the previous regime so i think this can be done um james blackman comes in as their quarterback they also maybe even have alex hornybrook a wisconsin transfer whose name you might know who could back up too um to help out in this case yeah, they bring in a, a number of different talent. You mentioned the the previous Jimbo recruits. You have Alex Hornibrook coming in, that, and he was a serviceable quarterback. He certainly can can help out there. Um, defensively, I think they can actually make a little bit of noise. It's by no way, shape, or form as good as Syracuse, but I think they can certainly. No, but they got the guys. Yeah, they have some guys, and they can really. They, I think they can hold up. And you're right. I think they. They have an opportunity to make some serious noise. I think they have a really good they have a really good potential to upset one big contender, whether that's a Florida, who obviously they'll play at the end of the year like they always do. Whether it is Clemson, we talked about it a little bit when we were talking Clemson. They do have to go up there, but it's a mid-October game, and that's usually when things start to get a little crazy. So it might be on that level that we start to see that happen. So. I'm excited to see what this team does. I'm, I'm going to tell you. The thing that concerns me. Yeah, and you f- talked about how good they're. But the thing that concerns me, they play Boise State and Louisiana Monroe in their first two weeks. Then they go to Virginia, a team we're going to talk about when we get to the Coastal Division. That's something that I feel like if Florida State isn't totally tuned up, that they might run into Virginia feeling like they're puffing their chest and they're going to get gut checked quick because then they face Louisville NC state, which NC state might even give them a run for their money. But that Virginia game might shake their confidence a little bit before they, before they get up to Clemson, which, you know, by all, by all things that still possibility for crazy things to happen. They always do. We just mentioned the Syracuse upset of Clemson two years ago when Syracuse was three and three at that point. So, the start of their schedule is what concerns me because it's a little easier of a road than we've seen and will see out of some of the teams in this conference. Yeah, I'm with you there. I will tell you this. They do have a great running back. Cam Ackers is a guy who twitch back. This guy's the real deal. He struggled a little bit last year, but they probably had the worst offensive line and maybe the entire power five, like they didn't that bad. He still managed 4.4 yards a carry. He's dynamic. You talked about defensively. Um, you know, Marvin Wilson's a big defensive lineman, a nose tackle over 300 pounds. Uh, Levante Taylor's a defensive back. This is a program that's put out some pretty good defensive backs in its lifetime, too. Um, and 
just I just feel like there's a lot of talent here that can't all go to waste. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just I, I'm stuck on that notion. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. That's certainly fair. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're yeah. they certainly make noise. I feel like a bottom for them, a bottom floor, I should say, is. I feel like they still probably get seven, seven, eight, or nine wins um, right up there with Syracuse. Yeah, I, them hosting Syracuse is is probably. I like them. I like them that eight. That, yeah, eight, fine. eight, eight's probably the right number here. I like them to. I like them to have the same number of wins, but they just beat Syracuse, yeah, and that's why they the end edge. up in second place. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's that's yeah. that's a pretty yep. good number there. Um, let's keep. We can keep it moving. Uh, who do you got fourth? I, back and forth, but I'm probably going to settle on Boston College, and that's based off of a single player they have on their roster, who I think you know who I'm talking about. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tell the me same page with their best player, Boston College? Oh, okay. So the, what I'm referring to here would be A.J. Dillon. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is a guy. Sorry. It's kind of hard to imagine, you know, how guys can have so much success on a team that, quite frankly, hasn't always been that good, although they've been better than I guess I'm giving them some credit for in this case. Hey, Matt um, Rice. But Dylan is a guy – say again? Uh, oh, Matt Rice. Rice. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they've had – I mean, Luke Keekley went there, by the way. Yeah. Non, a little bit different. Who was the guy they had – who was the running back they had before? Mario Williams. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, A.J. Dillon, I like this <laughs> – 250, he's a pure power back. 250 pounds, breaks through every tackle. Yep. He, but he's also fast. Like, he's not as big as he is. He's also lightning quick. Um, can pretty much do everything. He had 1,600 yards in 2017. Now, he had 100, he only had 1,100 yards last year, but he up. also missed a bunch of days, a yep. bunch of games. Yep. So, good. Oh, I was, I was yeah. agreeing with you. I mean, yeah, a little banged a beast. up. And, yeah, a little banged up. And that's what happens to some of these bigger guys, especially when you're the only – he's it for them. Like, there's nobody else to help out. So he kind of gets beat up a little more than you would expect. He's a big carry guy. thing is, their schedule actually lines up for them to have a really good start to the year. Mm-hmm. I think they probably fade late. But this is a team that could be ranked for the first few weeks of the season. Um, yeah, similar to last year. They don't play – yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they don't play Clemson until October, Syracuse in November, Florida State – they have a brutal end of the year there. They go Clemson, Syracuse, Florida State, bye week, Notre Dame, and then they play at Pitt, which is a little bit of a rivalry game for them. Mm-hmm. That's a tough finish, if you will. So I'm a little concerned about that. But yes. And they find their way to like a seven-win record, become bowl eligible, and, and do okay. But I, I just think they're kind of a solid team, and they don't have a lot of ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would even go 6-6. Six and six. They get into a bowl game that way. Uh, you mentioned it, that those last four, the four before the pit game, I feel like that's a possibility of them going four straight losses. Um, even the pit game, I feel like they might they, that might be their six and five, and they need a win, but they, you know, it's right after Thanksgiving they get they they or I guess two weeks after Thanksgiving, but uh, but they get you know they come out flat and you know end up still getting into a bowl game. They end up being one of those December. Right before Christmas bowls, we we see him on TV. AJ Dillon has a huge night, and everybody you know everybody goes off into the the off season happy. But yeah, I mean the beginning of the the season you mentioned it. They play Virginia Tech, which is actually lost potential there. Richmond, Kansas, Rutgers, Wake Forest, 
you know, they, they could be 4-1. and one. You're absolutely right. They could be ranked. Possibility of 5-0. and oh, Possibility of 6-0 at Louisville. Um, NC State concerns me a little bit. I feel like they might be able to make a little bit of noise. We'll, we'll talk about them, I'm sure, in a second. Um, that is a home game. So you, you would think teams coming up there, coming up to Chestnut Hill, they might have a little bit of tough there. But it is all around A.J. Dillon. So if a team is a solid enough defense, they know how to plug them up. And that's the big concern with Boston College because their defense isn't really a ton, isn't really a ton to write home about. So, oh. a team that can fire like no, Virginia Tech, yeah, the problem they did, it's going to give them trouble, right? And they lost some guys too defensively. Mm-hmm. Zach Allen, Wyatt Ray were some of their better defensive ends, and offensively, Dylan loses some more help on the offensive line. Chris Lidstrom was a first round pick this year. Whenever to the, I believe the Falcons. And they had two other starters, uh, you know, graduate as well. So that's kind of a little tough for him. Um, I just think he wins enough games himself. Um, and that's why they're kind of middle of the road, fourth place in the conference. Team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so moving on, I'm guessing we both have NC State next? Do, yes. Yes, all right. NC State comes kind in. Kind of a bummer that they you – know, they were, yeah, I would a bummer. A bummer is just a good way to put it because where do we go with these Much better, guys? Dude. <laughs> I mean, they're right. They've kind of been in the same spot where they have a number of different names. They could make some noise. Good quarterbacks, good wide, okay wide receivers, a decent running back, and, and a subpar defense. And I feel like that's what we're bringing to the table again with the Wolfpack. Yep. Yep, they don't really – I mean, they're still kind of working out. Um, it looks like Matt McKay might start for them as a sophomore. They lose Ryan Finley, who did so much for them last year. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Um, they lose Garrett Bradbury, who was a first-round pick uh, this past year. So they've got some serious work to do um, offensively. But defensively, this is one of those programs we saw with, like, Amario Williams and other guys. They just create, like, some freaks down there somehow. James Smith-Williams off the edge – but he came into campuses at 195 pounds. He now weighs 265. Um, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. He's a sleeper to watch out for. Do not do not. If, it, if, it's a, if a tackle sleeps on Smith Williams, there's going to be a lot of trouble, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, so yeah, I um, like that. But kind of a reset year, I think. You know? Yeah, no, that's a good. You know, I'm thinking of Bradley Chubb went there. That's who I'm thinking of too. Yeah, You're right. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, they've got some serious work to do, in my opinion. This is, but I think this is a good uh, half step year for them uh, to show that they can lose some guys. I just think they're probably a year or two away from really getting after it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it, it kind of an interesting schedule that they have going. Um, they play East Carolina, then Western Carolina, going double directionals. Then West Virginia, they have to travel to the and Mountaineers. And don't sleep on East Carolina, by the way. Yeah, East Carolina, yep. we'll talk about them in a, in a little bit. Dangerous there, Ball State, Florida State. I don't know, I feel like a 5-7, and seven, I don't know if that's their ceiling. They could go 6-6, six and six, but I feel like 5-7 and is probably the right number for them. Maybe even 4-8. and eight. Uh, I don't know. I just, I'm it, more 6-6. Six six. I think they probably yeah. sneak into a bowl. But You think so? Uh, maybe not, though. It's going to be tough. Yep. That's I think thing, so. Though, I think there's so much parody outside yeah, of Clemson. That, that's so. what I was about to say. There's so much parody usually in the ACC that they end up sneaking in like nine or ten teams because they all end up six and six right around that, that mark. So 
don't know. This is certainly a team to watch for. I feel yeah. like they could make noise, but I feel like, and this sounds kind of corny, but if they save up all their goodwill for one game, they could have a great. They could have an upset. But other than that, they're gonna have flashes of brilliance and a lot of mediocrity. Other than that. I would definitely agree with that one there. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that one. Yeah, right. Who, who are we going to next, Matt? Um, I, 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 I have Wake Forest next. Yeah. I think it's kind of a coin flip, to be honest. Both the next two teams we're going to talk about are going to have their struggles. Yeah. Um, I just feel like Wake Forest is a little better, a little bit better, better spot. Um, they also have a very easy out of conference. They didn't really go out and schedule anybody of of, of real. Well, they, they open the year at Utah State, who I think is actually going to be a good, very good team. So I think it might be an early loss for them. Um, but I think six and six is their ceiling. They, you know, five and seven might even be more likely. Um, they're they're in a, still in a quarterback battle between Jamie Newman and Sam Hartman, who are who both are good rushers. We'll see what really happens. Um, I don't know. I think this is just a team that. Actually, I thought it was trending in the right way a couple of years ago, and maybe has taken a small step back in terms of not that they're ever be a powerhouse, but maybe making a run at some point in the near future at Demon Deacons. Yeah, it's going to be a tough season for them. I think um, I'm I'm pretty low. I don't know about their offense. I think it's very one dimensional. I think the defenses that we've talked about mm-hmm. are able to stifle them. I just don't see them putting up a ton of points. They avoid having to play Notre Dame, unlike last year where they had to play the Irish. Uh, yeah, even with that's the, important. Even with the out of schedule comfort, you know that they have relatively being easy. Utah State, you mentioned, is tough. Rice going down there isn't going to be that easy. I know Rice isn't always the greatest opponent, but still not the greatest. Elon probably a win. Um, and then you know what? I think their conference schedule is just really tough. Louisville is at home, so I think that's why you, I would agree on giving them the edge over the over the Cardinals. But I don't know, man. It's I lose a lot of games after that, dude. Yeah, it's a lot of after that Louisville game. There's a lot of of tough games that they have. I don't know if they pull <laughs> off an upset. I don't know if they have the the power to even try to pull off an upset. I think they're a team that. It's going to have a hard time covering double-digit spreads against a lot of these squads in the ACC. I don't want to. I really want to be positive with them because I think Jamie Newman, if he if he ends up taking the starting job, I think he has the potential of being a a decent enough college quarterback. But I just I don't know. I don't know if they have it up the trenches to match some of these teams. I don't know if their secondary is good to keep up with some of the wide receiver cores that are out there, especially the ones that can yeah. certainly spread the field. I think that game at Clemson in the middle of in the middle of November is going to be a bloodbath. So it's going to be tough for mm-hmm. the Demon Deacons, I think. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, but I don't think it's going to be. I still think they're going to be better than Louisville, yes. who since Lamar Jackson have really stumbled well, even in with, big even time. The, even the end of Lamar Jackson um, was this. It was very tough. They lost a lot of guys to the draft, and they. They were really exposed at the end of Lamar Jackson's tenure, and especially last year, of not having a ton of guys around the team. They weren't a complete team. It's why Lamar Jackson couldn't guide them, despite an awesome Heisman campaign, to any prominence in the ACC, and and Clemson continued to dominate the conference. And this is sort of the aftermath of that. Right, yeah, you're just kind of seeing them fall apart. Um, The only 
you know, if you're looking for a big name, um, maybe the biggest name in college football in terms of the size of the person I'm going to bring out here, but that's Mickey Becton. He's an offensive tackle for them, 6'7", 369 pounds, probably 370 at this point. Um, quick feet. He's a guy that people are going to like, and you're going to be able to watch him. But, uh, you know, if your best player is an offensive lineman, unfortunately, in today's world, that's not usually a great sign. Yes. Um, yep. And, of course, they get to start the year at uh, – well, Notre Dame's coming to them, but that's not a great start for them. Actually, didn't they get beat by Alabama last year? No. Yeah. Was it Alabama? Uh, I think it was Alabama, somebody, yeah. It was, a, it was yeah, scheduled to the, 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 the year last of their year. powers, yeah. Yeah, and um, but then then it's going to probably be a pretty rough sled. They got to go to Florida State. Um, they've got Clemson coming to town, Virginia, who we're going to talk about, Miami and North NC State and Syracuse. Oh, man, it could be a really tough road for this Louisville squad this year. Um, there's just not a lot. Uh, Jawan Pass, Malik Cunningham are the two quarterbacks that are trying to figure it out, and I, I don't think either are particularly elite. So it's going to be a lot of work to do for the Louisville Cardinals, Cardinals in this, the Cardinal in this case. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be great. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to be a long season, and I don't know. It's it's another. I think three and nine is that's a, a ceiling. pretty decent. That is a ceiling for them. I, uh, maybe four. I don't know. They'll beat Eastern well, Kentucky, you, and you they beat, should beat we, Western you Kentucky. You're assuming you're going to beat Eastern Kentucky and Western. Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a, is a tough out. It's it's good that they're home games. I know. And it, yeah, Boston College is like a must win for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's nice that they Syracuse get. At home. It's nice they, they get Virginia or Syracuse at home. They're not beating Clemson. I can tell you that. Miami on the road. They're not going to do well yeah. against NC State. They won't. Kentucky. They'll probably <laughs> get completely stifled. I mean, Kentucky. Nope. I, I honestly want to know, Matt. Give me, give me an odds. 60% they get shut out by Kentucky? More than 50%? 60%. I think it's higher than 50% they get shut out by Kentucky at the end of the year. I think so, too, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I mean, I, I think so, too. Their yep. offense is yep. going to struggle in Kentucky's defense. A <laughs> uh, little, little preview for next week. Kentucky's defense, still good. But anyway, let's move over You're to correct. the Coastal Division. The other division in the ACC. Yes. Matt? Truly the other division, by the way. Truly the other division. <laughs> With, and Matt, Because of Clemson. Because of Clemson and because... I, I'd almost call this the juggling division. Because you could, you'll probably see a number of teams juggle in first place. It's going to really depend on some of those key yeah, matchups. Just... A lot of people think Virginia could run away with it. A lot of people think there's a lot of teams that are out there that could really make a a cause to face Clemson in the ACC championship, Mm -hmm. and I think this is similar to yeah, you could not the Florida State championship year where Duke won the ACC Coastal and lost to the eventual national champions. Mm -hmm. I think this has that kind of a season written all over it for the Coastal Division. I mean, yeah, I would. You could argue that definitely. I, I, there, there is some intrigue though. There's a number of teams who I feel like are kind of on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about them, but it's it's an interesting division, and it probably is. It's probably the one that you're going to want to watch more, just because you, there's it's no more exciting. 
everyone knows who's going to win. Right. It's more exciting. Right. Exactly. Um, I can, I mean, I can tell you who I like. You can tell me who like. I mean, it's your call. I'm, I'm going to go. I'll with, jump in. I, yeah. Oh, I'm going to go with Miami first. I know Virginia is no, really making a, making a run for it, okay. but I'm going to go with Miami. I think, uh, we know a little more of what we have with the Hurricanes versus with with Virginia. I know they made some moves last year, and they got you know they they were they were on the up and up. But I, I just think we know what we have with Kirby Smart and the squad that he brings out. Or not Kirby Smart. I'm sorry, the former Florida coach, uh, and and what they bring out there. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Hurricanes for my number one. Sure. I, I, I mean, you get a very smart decision. Um, they, they, by the way, they only they were can only go up from on offense. They were 104th last exactly. year offensively. They had yeah. a they had a fierce, fierce quarterback battle. Somewhat, somewhat in the public eye with Tate Martell's antics down there, the from Ohio State blue chipper who then transferred, thinking he was going to get the job. Yep. He didn't win out. Uh, Nikosi Perry, who's been a starter, former star recruit, had his moments, but instead they went with Jaron Williams, a, a, a redshirt freshman, to start. By the way. Not only start week one, but start this Saturday against the eighth-ranked Florida Gators, 7 p.m. on ESPN. So pay We're attention there. Lot. This is your this is your first FBS game of the year. Yep. Miami, which is a treat, by the way. Very Maybe. smart too by both schools to get national airtime. But Miami at uh, with the Gators coming into town. It's a huge game because if Miami upsets the Gators, they, they put themselves in the driver's seat. Uh oh, can they could they possibly challenge Clemson? It's an interesting situation there. Yeah, so I it's an initial site game. It's in Orlando, which I don't know. I assume that's closer to Gainesville uh, than it is to Orlando or than it is to Miami. But um, actually, I almost bet the house that it is. But. It's going to be very fun to watch. The over-under on that game, Matt, is set at 47. I would take the under on that. I think it's two good defenses coming at one another. Obviously, Florida was very good last year. Miami had the turnover chain two years ago. You mentioned it. Kind of an up-and-down year last year. Very disappointing from the Hurricanes, which is another reason why I want to go with them. I feel like they're in for a correction upward. Yeah. I would say this too. The one thing about the Hur- I mean, the Hurricanes, and this is something you kind of expect anyway, but they bring back probably one of the best linebacking cores, maybe in the ACC, even with Simmons being a Clemson. Uh-huh. Michael Pickney is is yes. ex- is a great run defender, mm-hmm. which is going to help against Jonathan Florida, Darvin. as we know. Um, yes, and Shaq Quarter. By the way, also great names. Shaq uh, Quarterman at linebacker as well. Eighty tackles in each of his three last three seasons. He's going to be all over the place as well. Um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, along with, uh, and this is something that we know Miami's tend to have too. Uh, Trajan Bandy is a cornerback of theirs who can play um, very athletic. So they've got a very good defense that I think is going to put up a fight week one against Florida. As as touted as Florida is, I I think it's pretty be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm very excited yeah. for this game. I'm going to be at a wedding Saturday night, so I'm hoping that the venue has a TV, uh, even though I'll probably get pulled away by the lady. Uh, so, fingers crossed that I'll be able to check in on this. I'll probably get phone alerts on Twitter, on by the ESPN app, all that good stuff to get some highlights. So, my Uber ride home, maybe I'll be watching a little bit of this football game. 
Yeah, absolutely. And they do need to limit the turnovers. Oh, it's yeah. Something that we that happened to them last last year mm-hmm. after bringing the turnover chain and having so much fun with that two years ago, kind of faded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like them. I I have them second, and I'll you know because we're gonna get to the next team in a second. But their their trajectory their trajectory is in the right exactly. direction, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, why don't we jump right into that next team, Matt? Yeah. Well, they're the Virginia Cavaliers, which is a pretty wild name, by the way, to say when you're talking about college football and teams that might be good because, really, the Virginia Cavaliers, they have two players to watch, but they might have the best cornerback in all of college football in Bryce Hall. Um, He returned, even though he probably would have been a first overall pick, 6'1", 200 pounds. This guy can, can do everything defensively. Although obviously, normally you don't have a um, a uh, what's it called a uh, a cornerback leading your team, um, but he's a guy that I think is that good that he's going to affect entire entire games, and he'll obviously have the opportunity to kind of stand up in front of some of the best wide receivers as we've talked about already in all of college football too, which will be uh, which will be interesting when he faces off against Clemson uh, at some point possibly. So yeah, I mean it's a uh, I just, for some reason, have a feeling that they are in position to maybe do something this year. Maybe finish uh, ten and two, nine and three. I think nine and three is probably a little bit better. Um, I would agree with that. But Bryce Bryce Perkins is also a really, really good quarterback for them. Um, you know, nine hundred twenty-three rushing yards last year. He can throw a little bit. Um, they've got some. They've got some gusto to them, if you will. I'm, I'm liking the way they're trajecting this year. Trajecting I'm glad you mentioned his yeah, dual sure. threat. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm glad you mentioned his dual threat ability because I think their rushing attack is going to be their key to success. And I think that's part of why I'm I'm a little cautious to pick them because I don't know what we're going to see out of it. I'd like to I'd like to to almost defer my my choice of them to see how they come out against Pitt Week One. If they really run it up against William and Mary, and then that Florida State game in Week Three, I think we're going to see a lot. It's at home, which I think is a huge advantage to them. And I think if they really have a good showing against the Seminoles, I feel like that we're going to have a really good idea with Virginia and what we have there. They do have to go to Notre Dame, so I think that's a tough sell in terms of. Granted, it doesn't count for their ACC record, but it does count against their overall. It's a tough. It's going to show a lot. It's at Notre Dame Stadium, so that's tough to to see really what they're showing because uh, I think the Irish are going to have a pretty solid year, and we're going to talk about them in a little bit as we wrap things up. But, yeah, I think yeah. them challenging it, especially the second that's half of their the schedule, if they have a really good showing, I think – if they, or in the first half, I mean, if they have a good showing in the first half, they could really yeah. have a nice runaway – to make this challenge, and if they pull out that I'm, win I'm against Miami at Miami, we're gonna have we're gonna have ourselves a nice little race down the stretch. Yeah, exactly. I, I can tell you, I'm I'm just excited for them. Finally, you know, um, I hope they go beat Notre Dame on September 28th. That would make my life. We'll talk about that as we get there. But I just yes. wanted to throw I just wanted to throw it out there to you. So. <laughs> no, I like it. I love it. I love it. And let's move on to the next Who team. Yeah, third. 
Yeah, who do you have in third? I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. I want a little chalk here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a little chalky. I, I think with this division, I think there's a lot of chaos opportunity, but I, I'm going with what I know. And granted, I say that with Virginia going against Virginia Tech, which is the opposite of what we've known about college football for our entire lives, practically. I know Virginia's had a couple great years in there, but the Hokies this year, they return. Granted, they've, they've lost a couple players to the NFL. They had that really good start to the, the transfers as well, which yeah, is right. A lot yeah. of a lot of big transfers too. They were literally just but I think so they bring in a team like, that really can okay. can make some noise. I don't think they're. I think they're a step down from Virginia and Miami in terms of in terms of uh, going over the good. top in the in the coastal. But I think they can, comparatively to UNC to potentially oh, Duke. I think that they're they're kind of in that middle tier or they're. In the middle between the the top tier and that next tier below, I'm definitely with you there as well. You know, they just they've got so many question marks offensively and defensively to an extent. They just they're just a proud program that's been really good. Um, they did themselves some favors because they don't have a lot of really ridiculous out of conference games. If you I mean, they obviously go to Notre Dame, but they actually have a chance really to, to win a bunch of games in a row and and, and look pretty good. Um. But yeah, I just, I just, um, they've got some things to work out to solve. Um, Ryan Willis is a Kansas transfer um, who needs to maybe complete some more passes, but did have, you know, has done some good things. Um, they, they've got some good receivers. Damon Hazelton is six two. He's a true number one guy. Trey Turner's another big guy on the other side, uh, deep threat. So they've they've got some work to do but i think they've got a couple pieces in place that are going to let them maybe surprise a couple teams and if you're stuck playing them at home you know it's going to be loud um you know they are playing my favorite defense by the way the 425 which is something that was kind of perfected by TCU's Gary Patterson until the last few years at least mm-hmm. um so they're they're going to try to move fast on defense to take out some of the spread aspects against some teams um Linebacking core is pretty good. Dax Holyfield. I just I don't know. There's a vibe about this team that I, I think I agree with your pick and put them in third. Um, in this case, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of just to run through through the gambit with them. Uh, we mentioned that that showdown with Virginia at the end of the season. That'll be uh, interesting to watch. There, I think it's a home game for Virginia, so I feel like the the Cavs take it over the Hoax. But the, the rest of their schedule, they also have to go to Notre Dame. We remember what happened last year in that mid-October showdown. Um, no no game against Clemson, which I think is pretty huge for them. I think it gives them an opportunity. To right. Have, oh, it's massive for them. Yeah, yep. to, to not only have a better shot at, at a bowl because they don't, they're not losing, you know, it's not a loss, but also just to jockey themselves into position. I think third is probably – where they will settle. Uh, I, I would but, love to have an actual But they might be able to make some noise, and, and who knows? I mean, they, they're at a conference schedule. It's not hard by any stretch you know. of the imagination. So, uh, I you know, I could see a 7-8 yeah. win season out of them and making a nice bowl. No, I, yeah, I definitely think a bowl it should be. They, they should get. They should be a bowl-eligible team. That's kind of like where I am. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so, yeah. UNC next. <laughs> uh, no, not for me. I I have some issues with UNC, but let's talk about them. Let's dive okay. in. All right, yeah, we'll start with your issues. Uh, I, mean, with I, them. I can I can 
I cannot. Well, I mean, here's the first issue I have, and it sounds like a little. Uh, Mac Brown is taking over there, and my mm-hmm. only concern there. This is a guy who didn't have a lot of success in the way out of the door at Texas, of all places. He kind of has put Texas in the tailspin that it's in now. So, to me, that's a little concerning. Um, we talked about how one or two games here or there can make the difference. So I don't, I don't want to say like it's totally out, out of left field. Um, I, I just don't know if they have enough offensively. I, I'm very worried about their defense. Um, allowed 35 points and 448 yards a game last year. That's not great. They've yeah, got a little good. bit of promise with senior J- – they've got a couple guys. You know, they, they lose their top tackler. Um, just not as high on, on UNC as, as you may be. But, again, yeah. Sam Holt, the, the freshman, Sam Howell's coming in. He might not even start, but he's a huge prospect for them. Um, Michael Carter, Antonio Williams, they, they might be able to do a couple things. So I don't want to totally throw it out the window. I'm just not as – High on UNC this year, but I guess Mac Brown's a big enough name. Two, three years from now, we might be we might be saying something a little bit different. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think offensively there there's some potential there. Defensively, they're really going to have to tighten things up to to really make a a charge for fourth place. I just think between them, Duke, and Pitt, I think there's some chance for noise. I'm not as high on Duke as some people are in terms of rankings. I think Pitt realistically is probably the is the fourth place team, but I have some confidence in UNC here. Um, I, I just I just the hard part is I don't see as many locked in wins. Sure. Um, just because of some of the teams they're going to end up playing this year, including an Appalachian State team that's that's gotten votes in the AP in the coaches in the AP poll. Um, you know, they're, they're only true locked in win is Mercer, who they play on the twenty third of November. They open South yeah. Carolina, Miami, which is going to be a tough. Those start. are tough. Yeah, South Carolina's going to be pretty good. Miami, we talked about. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You know what? You're you're kind of talking me out of them as fourth place. Um, yeah, I think it's I, you know, I think part of me is like it's just and, and they, they they have to play Clemson and they have to go on the road to see teams like they got to go visit Wake Forest, they yeah. visit Georgia Tech, visit they NC visit State. Boston. Some of the yeah. teams, right? Some of the teams we think they might win because like they had them at home, but they just don't. And that that to me is the harder part. That's a really good point. Yeah. All right. Um, but let's. You want to talk about Pitt next then? We can dive into Pitt. I actually yeah. still don't have Pitt. I, I I gotta be honest. I actually have Duke as my Duke my Duke next team. But let's talk Pitt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just Pitt, just just as we're talking through it, but no. Yeah. So Pitt Pitt's fifth for you then. Pitt would be fifth. Yeah, I like yeah. Pitt fifth. Um, okay. I still like this program. You know, but I think it's a little bit of a put a little bit more last year, but but they. They got to find some guys. They don't necessarily have a great running back that they've had before. Um, they need Kenny Pickett, the QB, to step up. That's a big thing for me. Um, he could be pushed out. So offensively, I think is their biggest downfall. They, I'm not sure they can score enough points to to do some things. They just have to get a little bit better. You know, their defense is okay. Um, yeah, that's what I like. Kind of about a typical pick. I like. Team. The, I like their defense a lot. I think they're a big grinded out. And kind of see what you get offensively, which we've seen a lot of them over the last couple of years. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I'm sorry as well. But um, yeah, they, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't interrupt me. You're good. They opened the season with Virginia, which I think is going to show us a lot because 
Ohio, I feel like they can pull out there. Then they're at Penn State, which I feel like just give lock that in as a loss. Versus UCF is going to be very interesting. And then they go to UCF. I mean, yeah. we'll see what that's we going to be out, tough. out of UCF. We'll talk about them at the end of the show when we get to the others. Um, yeah. They play Delaware, which is should be a win, although the, the Fighting Blue Hens could make a FCS upset. Shout out, Emily. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. Kind of yeah, point then, then they come into a really tough stretch. It's this. Yeah, your point previously about away games, their away in-conference schedule is tough. Duke, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech, as well as Georgia Tech. I mean, I feel like they could go on the road and put up a real stinker against a Georgia Tech team that might confuse their defense a little bit. Um, I know they're not running the triple option anymore, but Georgia Tech might have the ability to make a little bit of noise, going back to the juggler theme that I was talking about before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so they're going to have to win a couple games late if they're going to have a shot. I, I don't see them as being bowl eligible. I like five and seven as their ceiling for me. Okay. But, um, okay. I, they could slot it at that at that fifth spot. Absolutely. I like it. But they just like they have it. a lot of growing to do. They don't. They, you know, this is a, usually a team that has a couple random really good players on it that get drafted, and I don't like Aaron Donald. <laughs> um, but I just don't see that kind of promise for them right now. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Let's move on to your team or your fourth place team uh let's talk about duke matt give me the breakdown on the blue devils they lose daniel jones so yep. i mean that's you know, six sixth overall pick by the new york giants quentin harris comes in to replace him better runner than daniel jones has some time in the st- system and cutcliffe's still there coaching him so he'll be okay um they have enough with TJ uh, Roming and, and Jonathan Lloyd at wide receiver who can do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. They're gone. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, I apologize. It's my fault there. That's all good. Um, they need to figure out some help with wide receiver. Um, but they've got a pretty good running back in Deion Jackson and, and uh, Britton Brown, so they're going to have to rely on them. I just like Cutcliffe to do enough this year to end up in fourth. Um, eight starters return on defense, which is important. They have a decent, pa- de- decent pass uh, passing defense, which is important in today's world of college football. So sure. they've got an opportunity to me there. Um, Mark Mark Gilbert, 6'1", 175, cornerback, can do some things. So um, I think they have a little bit better defense than people realize. Um, their offense has a lot of question marks, but I trust Cutcliffe to get that right. Yeah, that's um, sort of the reason why I have them a little lower. The the question okay. marks on offense are, are what are what get me. I know they've they've lost they lost Jones. They lost a few running or a few wide receivers. Very good running game. I will give them that. And defensively, they return the starters. I don't know if it's the the cream of the crop in terms of talent, but returning starters, especially eight of eleven, is still huge. So I mean, there's definitely a ton of credit. Duke basically is the team that exemplifies the juggler meant the juggler metaphor if there ever was one this is a team that could make a run i don't know if they make it to second i don't think they're winning the division but i think people thought that in 2013 they could be a third place team and i think they could make some noise they have a schedule that could give themselves the opportunity to do to put themselves into some sort of position. The thing that concerns me is that they have to go to Virginia, to Virginia Tech. They have to go to UNC, which that rivalry game always ends up being an interesting game for, for both sides. But outside of having to face Bama and uh, Notre Dame, you know, they could, they could make some noise. Who knows if Syracuse is – I mean, Syracuse is probably going to still be hanging around at the end of the season, but they're coming down to Durham. So 
You know, we'll uh, we'll see what the Orange are looking like in November. Other than that, I think they have a pretty good out-of-conference schedule. I think they're definitely a bull-eligible team. Uh, definitely, I'd probably say... I, I, I'd say at least six wins. I'd say put them in... I'd pencil them into a bowl. Okay. I think five is 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 on the, is five is available. They might they may but but they're just gonna have to beat a team somewhere, kind of in in October and November where they could rake up a lot of L's, a lot of losses. Um, that's gonna be big for them. They're gonna have to upset a, a small ACC you know, inner ACC upset somewhere to make it to six wins. But I think it's out there for them um, to get there. I just just enough, just enough. Which, yeah, I, which yeah. leads us to our last team. I think we both have them in the bottom in this case. Yeah. Then Georgia Tech. Yep, Georgia Tech at the bottom. For yeah, me. definitely. Well, definitely a transition year because they're moving from the option attack to an actual offense. Yep. Um, so that's <laughs> going to be really difficult. I, I, I mean, it, I I think that's where I'm going to struggle with because both their quarterbacks on the roster are non. Option quarterbacks, but Lucas Johnson is a junior who's more who's more fit in than James Graham or Tobias Oliver, six three two fifteen. Plenty of running backs though: Jordan Mason, Jer- Jerry Howard. So they're not going to lack there. They just need to find an offensive line that can pass block and not option block, and a receiving core that can show up a little bit too. Yeah. So I, I just think it's a huge transition year for this for this program. That's the perfect um, way to put it. And I think defensively they're going to struggle. Yeah. They're going to face a lot of good offenses. They have to go to Clemson. We talked about it at the top of the show. They have to go to Duke. Um, I mean, I feel like they might be able to, to guard or run well. But going to Miami, to UVA, to Temple, they're going to be up here. Um, Temple might be might be decent in the AAC. Um, UCF or US or USF, they have to face. Um, but yeah, I just it's going to be a tough year for them. I. I find it tough to pencil in some wins. I know I said when with Virginia Tech coming down to Georgia Tech, there's a possibility for Georgia Tech to step it up. I think that's more, though, the other team lost than Georgia Tech winning. They might be able to hold a team up, and the other team just does not capitalize on Georgia Tech's lack of offense because of the transition. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember this, too. They they look at their bookends. They they go to Clemson week one and they end the year with 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 the third ranked Georgia Bulldogs coming in. Uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty mean, if you will, right there. I think um, obviously they always play Georgia, so that's that's something they just do. But that that's going to be a tough slate for them. Um, I, I like three, maybe four wins. I think they might beat Citadel. I think they beat USF. They might beat Citadel. Temple, North Carolina, Pitt, maybe NC State. I don't think so, though. I think they're going to struggle. I, I think three wins is likely. That's where I'm sitting at with them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's it's going to be a long year for Tech. Uh, but let's go to the ACC championship game. Clemson, yep. 90%. We talked about of running the table. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's be without question that they win this conference. And if they do... Not win it. I think the ACC is in a very strange year, and you should not judge the conference for it. And I think we'd have a very good idea of it. If, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. If I yeah, Clemson's I told you Virginia the, was my winner. Yeah. I, 
Yeah, you said Virginia was your winner. I have Miami. I, I don't even think it's close though against Clemson. No matter who is playing them in the ACC. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, Miami to me is the only team that would like. I, even like Miami to me is the best team to beat Clemson out yeah, of that out of the that. division. Like it, it, yeah. Like I almost want Miami because I think maybe if they can find something with the talent they have, that they might be able to beat Clemson. I think Virginia gets smoked. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Clemson, obviously, defending champion, probably or should get into the college football playoff. Is there any other team you think, if a Miami or a Virginia pulls it off, do you think they have a shot at making the college football playoff? No, uh, because they'll take two SEC teams. They'll, they'll take a Big 12 team and a Big 10 team. Um, or they'll take somebody else. The Pac-12 you know, so. team. Notre Dame might be able to... Yeah, I would tell you. Who is going to be... Pretty hard no on that one. Who is the non-Trevor Lawrence MVP of the ACC? Ooh. ah, Well, I mean, Travis Etienne. (laughs) (laughs) His his backfield mate, to be honest, I think will probably win it. (laughs) I got to tell you. I got to tell you. That's how good. A little bit of meatball for you, I guess. Um, All right, there. Highest drafted (laughs) player, Etienne? Um, uh, I'm going to tell you probably not because he's a running back. It'll probably be, I got to tell you, Bryce Hall is going to be up there. Okay. Just as, uh, at the corner from Virginia. But if not, probably, um, T Higgins out of Clemson is going to be a guy who might go top 10, um, in my opinion. So we'll see, but yeah. Yeah. So I think that's pretty locked in. So let's let's move on and quickly talk a little Notre Dame, mm-hmm. the member of the ACC in everything but football. Independent made their first college football playoff appearance. And Matt, what are we thinking with Notre Dame coming into this year? I mean, look, first of all, I, I'm going to be up front. I'm not – I'm going to struggle here because I didn't think they even deserved the spot last year. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to say that. I just just didn't think that, and as they clearly showed, they weren't that good. Yep. But Ian, Ian Book is back, um, and so that's that's something they're going to have to figure out. Uh, he looks like he's pretty good, um, but they do lose their top rusher in Dexter Williams, their top receiver in Miles Boykins. They lose mm-hmm. um, Julian Love, their excellent cornerback. So they're they've got a lot of questions to me offensively, defensively. I still think they've got some questions. They, and they do have to play Georgia, um, Michigan, and Stanford. Yeah, I this think year. I think that all three of those so, teams being on the road really gives Notre Dame a hard opportunity to get back to the college football playoff. I think Georgia is almost—I don't want to say lock it in because you have to give a, a top ten matchup its due. Um, but Georgia, I feel like may be able to blow the wheels off of this team. Because if you're putting it all solely up to Ian Book, I think that's I don't I don't think it's gonna work against the Georgia team. Right. I honestly so the over under is eight and a half wins for them. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually gonna take I'm, I'm gonna take the under. I think they lose to Georgia, I think they lose to Michigan, I think they lose to Stanford away late in the year, and I think they either fall to they play these three teams in a row, Virginia, USC, and and Va Tech. Now all at home. Those are three potentially difficult games. I feel like they might drop a game there 
um, one of those three and go eight and four this year. Yeah. Um, I just think they've lost a whole lot. Their defense concerns me, so too. So that's – right. So what can they do? Is Book capable of – if they open up the, the offense, is he capable of doing more? I don't think um, he is. You saw yeah, it basically last what year. they said is stack the box, play the short pass. Book can't hit. Book, yeah, Book has got to get you over the top. They only had three plays of 50 yards or longer last year, and they lose their best receiver. Yeah. So that's my big concern with Notre Dame. I know they're ranked high. Their defense is going to be fine. Um, but their offense, to me, has some huge question marks that have to be answered. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a uh, – I don't think it's going to be nearly as successful of a year as you mentioned. I, I like that 8-4 and four as a number for them. Um, other teams, this yep. is the group of five. But Julian, you- Julian Akara – go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you had a last point on Notre Dame before – I was going to move this up. I was going to say, I mean, they, they've, they've got a great defensive end in Julian Akara. Okwara, uh, 6'5", 240. He had eight sacks last year. He's somebody that can do it. Um, just want to make sure that there is some talent defensively. So that's that's some of the things that are important. But go on. I, I cut you off, and I apologize. No, 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 no. You're, you're good because I was moving us on. Um, group of five teams. Matt, you mentioned a couple of them. Who are the, uh, the all-stars that you're keeping an eye out for in the group of five? Well, you got you to gotta, you gotta pay attention to UCF and what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, now Mackenzie Milton is not back. You know they're they're excellent uh, quarterback who unfortunately broke his leg, um, which is a shame. Uh, he might be, but there there's a lot of complications there. So that's something you got to pay attention to. Now that being said, this team first of all has a ton of talent all over the place. They've got guys drafted everywhere. Um, so that's certainly not like a huge problem in this case. Um, I don't know if they're as great as they were last year. So that's something they've got to work on, um, and he's still he's. I mean, to me, that them losing Milton as good as he was, as good as he is, like that's tough. Um, by the way, Daryl Mack Jr. comes in, and Brandon Wimbush is a transfer from Notre Dame, so that's kind of important. Um, both yes. running backs are back, a ton of wide receivers. Um, so we'll see. Um, they've they're going to actually honestly they're going to probably bat, battle them the Memphis Tigers as one of the best non um, power five programs, if you will. Okay. So they're, I mean, are they pencil them in for AAC showdown and uh, that coveted group of five spot for the, uh, the new year's six bowls? I don't think you can pencil them in because a, I think there, there's two other teams in their conference in the AAC. When we talk about Memphis and Houston, who can both absolutely make some noise. Um, Memphis, by the way, has been a very good program for the last few years. Um, just want to point that out. They've had some big draft picks, some good, some good guys coming out. They've had some, some quarterbacks people have been talking about too. This is a pretty good Memphis team, and I'm somewhat bullish on them this year um, and what they might be able to do out there. So Memphis is a team to watch. Um See what they can do. I, I, I think you got to pay attention there. Um, they've got a 6'3", 223-power back, Taylor. They, they've, I don't know. They're just a good – they're a good football program that can make some noise again this year. And I think Houston with Major – not Major Apple. No, um, Dana Holgrimson, excuse me, heading that, where, heading that way is another big program. They're dumping money into Houston to try to make that program excellent. Mm-hmm. So they're another team to 
to watch. Um, and they might have, by the way, Houston also has a very good track record of quarterbacks. Watch for Derek King from Houston to have a similar year to a Greg Ward, who's now you know trying to transition to a wide receiver on the Eagles, who was a Heisman candidate. Oh yeah, watch out for King there in a Holgram some offense to have a huge year. So there's some of my other out of out of um, Power Five conference teams to take a look at, and don't forget Army. I'm just going to say Army because they should have been ranked last year. Um, they got a ton of votes this year. Another team I'm paying attention to out of, out of the group. Yeah, the the independents. There's some interesting storylines that'll come out of there. Obviously, Notre Dame, Army could be, BYU might be might not be a uh, national darling, but they can make some noise. Um, then you have Liberty, who's mm-hmm. recently up from the SCS. Remember when Lehigh beat Liberty? Hey, watch out for Liberty too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, yeah, they could make mm-hmm. a little bit of noise. Yeah, uh, they they can play. Yeah, they can. They mm-hmm. certainly can. Mm-hmm. Their program has gone gone all the way up there. C- Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati could be yeah. pretty good. Yeah, Cincinnati's another team. Um, Boise State, you always got to talk about Boise State. They've built something that can last there. You know, they, you know, even though they've lost some coaches, another team that that can play. So yeah, there's definitely some teams. Um, App State got some rank ranks too. So we got some votes. Excuse me. So they're another group ranks. Of, of team that I'm going to take I like a look that. at. I like that uh, ranks, phraseology yeah, there throughout the year. Oh, and I keep waiting for Florida Atlantic with Lane Kiffin at the helm to make some noise. They haven't done it yet. I don't know if this is their year, but <laughs> you think some point in time, yeah, you know, they've got to do something. Got to pull something out. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, we are, we talked about how there was a game this weekend. There are actually two games. Yeah, there this are two. Weekend. Arizona and Khalil Tate, who we've talked about, is visiting Hawaii ten thirty Saturday night. I'd love to be going to visit Hawaii with them. That's another team to take a look at too. That could Hawaii? be uh, better than expected. Uh, Hawaii. Yep, they're going to score points as always. Um, Colt Brennan days out there. That team oh, can yeah. sling it around with the best of them. Oh yeah. All right, Matt, anything else? ACC, Notre Dame, others, group of five that we forgot to mention before we wrap things up? No, I, I do hope that one of the group of five members can can do something, whether it's UCF or Houston or Memphis or some other program can make a run, be undefeated, and force the committee to make a tough decision at the end of the year. Um, you know, I would like to see that. Yeah, I'm hoping for something along those lines. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'd I'll like be pulling some... for one of those three big ones that we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, I'd like some some chaos. I'd like a chaotic year in college football. I don't know if we're getting it. Clemson's pretty good, pretty solid, but uh, Alabama we'll talk about next week. But it's gonna be. I'd like something. It's gonna be a fun year to watch. Of college football is always a ton of fun to watch. I don't know why I'm trying to sound poetic. It's just always a ton of fun, and I'm excited Absolutely. to be back. I'm excited to lose a lot of money gambling. <laughs> I'm excited yeah, to just sit I'm on my couch all day watching sports. Oh, it's so great. Man. Oh, I love baseball and I love the summer. <laughs> Fuck. I love the fall. I love the fall. It's almost here, man. Almost oh. here. All right. Maddie D, thank you so much. I really awesome, appreciate man. this. We're going to do Big Ten and SEC at some point, either Sunday or Monday. We're going to talk about that in a second. Your future. In the future, very soon, and then our NFL preview, probably in the next week and a half, something. We're going to, uh, Matt and I are going to figure this out. But as always, make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you do not miss anything. The bullpen cart is what you search on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlog Sports, on Instagram and Facebook. 
For my man, Maddie D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And go blue.